0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Man, we're having church this morning. Amen. Amen. Hey, good to see you today. Love to see the hope and sense the hope today. Um, We're glad you're here this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Kyle. And uh, if you're new this morning in Columbus as well, we're glad you're here as well. Those that are maybe listening from home home or joining us online, we're glad you're here today. I believe that God wants to do something today, amen? Amen. He wants to do something in us and through us today. And that's one of the most powerful things uh, about today and what's going on around the world is, is that no matter what else is going on, just Jesus, he's the only thing that can satisfy Amen. He's the only thing that can supply today. So no matter where you're at, what you're dealing with what's going on in your life today, may you be comforted and may I be comforted. May we all be comforted with the fact that Jesus is all that we need. That's actually the series that we're kicking off today is simply just Jesus. That's the name of it. Say that with me. Just Jesus. Jesus is all that we need. This is actually our Easter series, and over the next few weeks, we'll be uh, actually extending this series one week past Easter. We're going to be talking about the different events that led up to the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But before we get into that today, I just want to celebrate a couple of things this morning. Uh, Between uh, Pitnaz and Columbus, We are taking in 18 new members today 11 at Pitt Naz and seven in Columbus. That's awesome. And so that'll happen at the end of the services uh, in in both locations today. And then also, we want to celebrate if you're new or don't know, we have these prodigal boards that we put on the walls of our church here on either side. Uh, of the stage here and then also we have one at the homestead and they are the first names not their full name but the first name of people who were praying for to come home to come to know christ and so we just want to celebrate pastor age shared with me sunday night they had an overflow service this last sunday night and there was a college student there that went over and took her name off the prodigal board she found jesus christ this last sunday night how awesome is that I think, I think it's important for us to share those things, church, in the midst of all the fear and the anxiety and all the different things that make up our life. We need to know that God is winning, amen? Lives are being changed, things are happening for the kingdom of God, despite what's going on in the world. And so I want to celebrate that today. Hey, here's what we're going to be talking about specifically for this message. Read it with me Just Jesus keeps us supplied. How fitting is that right now? <laughs> Today we're gonna to be talking about how Jesus keeps us supplied. If you have your Bibles and you wanna turn with me to John chapter two, uh, we're gonna be looking at a story there, John chapter two, you can go to the YouVersion app um, in either location, click on our link under the event section and you can find our notes, if not, you can follow along. But we're gonna be talking about how Jesus keeps us supplied and it got me to thinking about there's a lot of things in our life that run out, right? Obviously the big one right now is toilet paper, toilet paper runs out. Now, a show of hands in both locations, and even those that are online watching, you can join with us too. How many of you have gone to the store recently, and you were trying to find something, and they were out? We have a few. Man, quite a few of you. Yeah, and the reason that you raised your hand is because the ones that weren't raising their hand, they took all the rest of it. Is that what it... (laughs) No, maybe not. I don't know. But the reality is today, sometimes we can even create a stockpile, and we tend to run out. You know, I I wrote down a few other examples. I don't know about your house, but sometimes at my house, clean laundry can run out. You know what I mean? We have this clean laundry pile that doesn't always get folded. Don't judge us. It's just the way it is sometimes. But, you know, the reality is sometimes clean laundry can can run out. In fact, a while back, somebody said, what are you all dressed up for? It was clean. (laughs) Right? It was clean. (laughs) Clean laundry can run out. Sometimes, you know, our gas can run out. I shared with you a while back, I ran out my truck out of gas. I didn't realize that the fuel gauge on my truck is about an eighth of a tank off and, or a fourth of a tank off and so it says it has a fourth of a tank more than it actually has. So uh, it took me a couple different times over the course of a year to, re- to be reminded of that, to make sure it has enough. But, you know, even even fuel can run out. Gas can run out. I used to have this truck. It was a 1982 Chevy Silverado. It was my first truck. It had a metallic blue paint job. It was awesome. And it was back in the day when trucks had two Gas tanks. Do you remember those? Uh, I know I'm showing my age a little bit, but you could fill up both tanks, you just flipped a switch, and it'd go from the ne- you know, from one to the next. But because I was a high school kid, I couldn't afford the gas, so I didn't usually fill them both up. But it had the capacity, right, to have both of those, but even those can run out. Sometimes money runs out. There's more month than there is money. Can I get an amen? We got some of that going on, yeah. And I don't know about you, maybe not you, but for me, sometimes patience can run out or at least run thin, you know? Patience can run out. Our supply of patience can run out. And even in some scenarios, our faith maybe doesn't run out. Hopefully it doesn't run out, but it can run low to the point that we're filled with more fear than we are faith. That's why it's so important for us to gather together as believers, That's why it's so important for us to worship together, why it's important for us to to read God's word in our own private time, to spend time talking with him every day, because it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God, our supply will always run out if we're not staying connected to the Lord, amen? That's just the way it is. And the truth is, today, no one needs to feel bad about that. That's the reality. So I hope throughout the course of this series that there's a, it's a reminder to all of us, myself included, that we have to stay connected to our Creator. We have to stay connected to Jesus because life happens in the meantime. And it takes the energy out of us. And it takes um, it takes the things out of us that we need to walk the life that God calls us to live. And for For this story that we're getting ready to talk about in John chapter 2, it wasn't patience that ran out. It wasn't faith that ran out. It was actually wine (laughs) that ran out. This is actually the first miracle that Jesus performs. Um, Here's kind of what takes place here. Jesus has come into the world. He's been misunderstood from the beginning. People uh, around the time that he was born believed that he was coming to earth to take an Take up an earthly kingdom. And that's why the king was so focused on getting Jesus killed because he didn't want him to take his earthly kingdom. But the reality was Jesus never came to set up an earthly kingdom. He, set, he came to set up a heavenly kingdom. And so as he grew up, different things took place and he was getting to the age where it was time to start to fulfill the whole reason that he came into the world. And he recruits uh, a group of kind of outcast, you know, fishermen, people with attitudes and impulsions and well, kind of like all of us, He recruited them, and they begin to follow him. Now, they're following him probably because of his charisma or the spirit that was drawing them, but he hasn't really revealed that he's powerful in a sense to them. And so uh, there's a wedding that takes place in the village of Cana in Galilee, and all the people are gathered there. And there's just basically a problem. Jesus' mother is there and his disciples and him. Everybody's invited to this celebration. Have you ever gone to a wedding or a party and you weren't necessarily directly invited, but somebody somebody invited you or somehow you got there? That's kind of maybe uh, what happens here is everybody's there. I don't know if every person was invited or, or how it all came to be, but man, everybody's there. And Jesus is there, his disciples are there. And Scripture says that the wine supply runs out during the festivities. And what's interesting about that story is, is that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But the reality is, it evidently was a big enough deal that Jesus' mom goes to Jesus and says, they don't have any more wine. And I can just picture Jesus being like, okay, so, so what are you What do you want me to do about that? He says, dear woman, that's not not our problem. I want to show them what the heavenly kingdom is like. I'm here for a, a different purpose. The time has not yet come. You're wanting me to give him more wine to drink. And his mother says they're out of wine. Jesus says, basically, that's not my problem. And then his mother, it had to have been an earshot of Jesus, turns to the servants and says, let's read it together, do whatever. Now, I don't know if it went down this way, but there are times where I'll tell my wife, we are not going to Silver Dollar City this time around. And she looks at me and she's like, okay, so what are we going to pack when we go to Silver Dollar City? You know, it's like one of those things where, you know, somebody's just not taking no for an answer. I don't know if it was exactly like that, but to me, it's almost like Jesus says this, and even though he's the Lord, that's his mother. I don't know if that's exactly theologically correct, but it it makes a little sense to me. What do you want me to do about it? It's not the time yet. And his mom goes, okay, do whatever he tells you to So then then it switches to what he did. He says, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial, ceremonial washing. They would wash their hands before their meal. There was all these customs behind it. And each one held about 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus tells the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled with water, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. That's the whole recipe. It's filled with water. Now dip out the water and take it to the master of ceremonies. I don't know about you, but if I'm the servants and I'm just, I mean, I'm going to do what I'm told to do, but the reality is, I'm probably skeptical about this because we just filled it up and it's just water and you're not adding anything to it. I'm not quite sure where this is going. But scripture says, so the servants, let's finish the rest of that sentence, followed his instructions. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water, it was now, it was now wine. Not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he calls over the bridegroom. This is the master of ceremonies. And he says these words. A host always serves the best wine first. Then, when everybody's had a lot to drink, he brings out the what? The less expensive. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed His glory. And let's read that last sentence together in both locations online as well. And His disciples believed, and His disciples believed in Him. There's a, I'm going to give you four things today from that story that we're going to look at today. If you if you have your scripture, the wine supply ran out. So Jesus' mother told him, so the servants followed His instructions, not knowing where he would come from. I'm going to read those to you again. Here's what we're going to look at. The wine supply ran out. Jesus' mother tells, tells him. So the servants followed His instructions and not knowing where it had come from. So we're going to be looking at that today. And and really what we're talking about today is that just Jesus is the only one that can take water and make wine. Just Jesus is the only one that that can have a limitless supply, which simply means, this is our first point, the supplier determines the supply. Say that with me. The supplier determines the supply. Now, I'm just going off of modern day today, but there are some shotgun weddings. There are some spontaneous, let's just go to the justice of the peace and, and get married. There are some, you know, let's just get married and we don't plan it through and we just get everybody together and, and we and we tie the knot. But most of the time, weddings are thought out and planned through. In fact. They probably had been planning this for quite some time because everybody was there. Maybe there were some invitations that went out. People were trying to guess how much food they needed, how much supply they needed of beverages, of wine, of of whatever else they were going to need. I'm sure that the supplier had thought through what they needed. Much like some of us that we hear about on Facebook are trying to think through how much toilet paper that we need. How long is this going to last? That's why when we go to Walmart or wherever else, there's no toilet paper because some people are not thinking of everyone else or they're trying to be supplied and they go in and they buy everything up. Okay, I'm not pointing anything out, I'm just saying. But even when, when we as people store up what we think we need, our supply can run out. And I guess where I'm going with that today is I'm sure that they thought they had enough wine to supply the need for everyone was there, and yet it wasn't enough. Can I tell you today... That even in our lives, if we plan and, and we think through worst case scenarios and we think through what we're going to need and we, and we, and we try to go through all those things in order to, to make sure that we have enough and, and we try to put money back and we do all of those things and those are all wise things. But the reality is at times in our life, what we have as the supplier is not enough to resource the situation that we're in. I don't say that as a negative thing. I say that is it's a true thing. The reality is this morning, you and I and just people in general, we're not enough to meet the supply of the things that we deal with on a daily basis. Amen? Now, I don't know if people are panicking or whispering or what, but for whatever reason, Jesus's mother learns about this. And she's not panicked. We know why? Because she knows the supplier. She knows a different supplier. She knows someone else. You know, sometimes when you're the leader or you're in charge of something, you know the scoop that no one else knows. And so while they're kind of panicking, you're not necessarily panicking because you know the real story. You just haven't let everybody else know yet, but you know the real story. And in this case, Jesus' mom, she's like, I know who can fix this. There's not enough time to go gather grapes and find a wine press and get a bunch of people to take the shoes off and stomp it all down and make more. But I know somebody who can fix it. See, the supplier determines the supply. In our lives, who's supplying your supply? Who's resourcing you with patience and peace and faith and strength and courage and joy and love and on and on it goes? Now we all know this on paper But at times we forget in the situations that we're in, oh, wait, I don't have enough for this. And I'm working out of my own stuff. Maybe I should go and talk to the real supplier of peace. We've all been there, myself included. What's also interesting that I just mentioned was as Jesus' mom goes and, and talks to Jesus, I think there's a thought there. Don't just tell anyone about your supply shortage, tell Jesus. Don't just immediately go to the phone, try the throne first. We hear a lot being said right now, and I think it's a good where people are saying be careful that you're not misrepresenting the facts understand what's really going on before you post it before you worry about it can I just even say to a larger degree make sure that you're connected to the Lord and his spirit and and his purpose and what he has and his strength before we start acting we can press send we've all done it before we've allowed God to catch up to us. We can say things out of our mouth before we allow God's spirit to touch us and our tongue. Our thoughts can get away from us before we've allowed ourselves to get in his word and get in his presence. Church, we're talking the truth today. Someone here, someone in Columbus, maybe online, You've been telling everyone, but the one who can do something about it. Jesus' mother, she doesn't go around the whole wedding celebration and start saying, we're out of wine, we're out of wine, we're out of wine. I've said things like that before, not we're out of wine, but I've said, where's the greeter at the door? Where's this? Where the, you know, I get in this mode. What if we started going to Jesus? What if we started allowing Him to be the person that we go and talk to? And what if we trusted His process? You know, sometimes when we go, some of us we do, we tell Jesus first. I'm leaning on this point for a minute, okay? We tell Jesus first. And when we don't get a response from Him right away, We automatically assume he's not going to give us a response. And so we move on to the phone. That's true, right? What if we just trust it? He'll get back to us when we need to know. That doesn't mean we don't use common sense. But the reality is he's the only one that can fix it. So Jesus gets to work after his mom says, listen to them. Or listen to Jesus. And so he tells them to start pouring. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us are good rule followers, okay? If you're a rule follower, just raise your hand real quick, okay? We've got a lot of rule followers, yep. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? My wife is a rule follower. I'm a little bit different. I will follow the rules if I trust the one who's making the rules. You know what I'm saying? Some of us are, are better at just no matter who the leader is and what they're saying, I'm going to do exactly what I'm supposed to do, which is a good way to be. You're following authority. But sometimes I can have a rebellious attitude. And if I don't trust the person that's, that's putting it together or, or making the rules, it's hard for me to follow. And I don't know how I would have been in that moment as the servants. But the reality is, if this man is telling me that he's going to make wine, and, or at least that's the assumption there, because he's asking me to pour water in and everybody's out of wine, and they're pouring the water in the barrel, I'm probably thinking, what in the world is going on? And I might even stop because he hasn't even revealed that he's Jesus yet, and say, why are we doing this? What's the purpose here? Tell me why. It used to be when I was a kid, now I'm sounding older, that when when an adult told you to do something, you didn't ask why. You just did it. But nowadays, everybody wants to know why. And some of that is good. I think I'm that way. But these servants didn't do that. They didn't ask, they just poured. What if believers, we didn't have to understand how it all worked, we just kept pouring? What, what if it, as believers, we stopped trying to do the math all the time? Wait a minute, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. How does that work? Before I keep pouring, Lord, how does that work? Just pour. Lord, the mass says this or that, but you say to pray for those that are sick. Just pour. I worry about everything. I'm anxious about everything. I'm full of fear. Just pour. Whether you're saying amen or not, that's good. That is truth today. Columbus, that's truth today. We spend a lot of time, all of us, trying to figure out how it's logically going to work out or, or the time frame on something instead of just doing what the servants did in this example and they just kept pouring. Scripture says that they followed his instructions. And here's one, and we've all been guilty of this. What if we were led by the Spirit instead of our feelings? We've all been guilty of that, right? But what if we sought more and more to be led by His Holy Spirit rather than our feelings? Scripture says that they poured and they poured, and Jesus says, now dip the water out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. Okay. The master of the ceremonies didn't know where it come from, but let me tell you, it was better wine than the best wine that they'd ever had. And he gives credit. He doesn't know exactly, you know, everything about it. But he kind of looks at the bridegroom or the people in charge and said, most people, you know, put the best first and they bring out the least after everybody's good and had a lot. But you did the opposite. And he gives credit not to Jesus. He didn't know this Jesus and who this the power that he had. He just he just was trying to give credit to something even though he didn't know exactly everything about it, can I tell you today, we don't always realize when Jesus is working behind the scenes on our behalf, but that doesn't mean he's not working. If we catch that, Columbus. We don't always realize when Jesus is working behind the scenes on our behalf, but that doesn't mean he's not working. Some of you have heard me share this before. I've probably shared it four or five times over the years, but it still fits here. Y'all remember the movie Karate Kid if you're over 35? Daniel's son, right? If you don't, just, just hang with me, okay? He, he wants to learn karate. He goes to Miyagi and expected Miyagi to start teaching him all these different things. And he says, I want you to wash my car, you know, wax on, wax off. I want you to paint my fence. These things happen over a few weeks. And he starts to get frustrated because he doesn't see that Miyagi's actually behind the scenes teaching him muscle memory as to how to to do karate. He just thinks he's having him do a bunch of meaningless stuff, you know, and and there's no purpose to it. And he gets frustrated. He actually does respect Miyagi, but he's he's close enough friends with him. He looks at him and says, look, I'm really sick and tired of you teaching me how to clean your cars and paint your fence and do all these kinds of things. And he's going off on him and he says, Daniel, son. And he goes, I'm serious. I'm tired of it I want you to Danielson, son and he goes through it like three or four times and finally he gets him to be quiet and he says show me paint the fence and he goes what in the world Danielson?" son no how do you do it and he shows him and he stops him in here and then he throws a punch If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Show me side to side. Danielson, no! And he throws him, you know, some other kind of something, and he blocks it. Of course, the light's coming on now. The muscle memory is there. Because he'd done it over and over and over. He just kept pouring. Show me wax on, wax off. And of course, now he knows, Right? The whole time, when it felt like nothing was happening, he was learning. We don't always realize in situations like we're dealing with today, in in the next few weeks, situations that maybe have nothing to do with this, maybe physical, financial, marriage, whatever it might be. But if we're connected, not to a karate instructor, but to the Lord, and we're seeking him and we're listening for his voice and we're not getting something from him or he's calling us to do something or he's calling us to wait, what if we just started trusting that God is working on our behalf and we got content in the wax on and the wax off? Jesus keeps us supplied but we have to stay connected to the supplier. Sometimes things are so elementary and fundamental that, you know, and basic that we overlook them and we analyze it looking for some better and more complex thing to, that will really make the difference. Can I tell you today, it's really that simple. If we are staying connected to God through worship, through prayer, through time with him, through seeking his spirit more than emotions, through allowing him to speak to us, through gathering together as believers, he will keep us informed. There'll be a sense of peace or there'll be, I don't really know why, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to. I shared last week that we actually had a different message lined up than the one that we did. And God's done that to me before. And I remember telling some of the staff, I don't know why we're supposed to go this direction, but I just sense that we're supposed to. And we've got to just trust that. God does not always give us the why. Sometimes he gives us a sense that we're supposed to follow in some way. What if we started listening to that more? Sometimes it's in a gentle whisper. Let's read it together. Just Jesus keeps us supplied. This morning, um, many of you know that our president called for a national day of prayer. And so as we stand together this morning and we think about him being our supplier Jesus being our supplier, as we think of people around the world that have been impacted by this virus or have been impacted by being away from their families or being impacted in some other way that has nothing to do with what's going on now. What if we just leaned in today? You're welcome to come and pray at the altars here in Pittsburgh or in Columbus or make your computer this morning if you're online watching a place of prayer. What if you just came today or or wherever you're at and you just begin to pray and pour out to God whatever's on your heart? Last night before I went to bed, I plugged my cell phone in so that this morning it would be charged up because last night it was just about out of battery, Some of us might have a low battery this morning. Or we know someone who has a low battery. We gather together along with other churches all around the world who are seeking the Lord. It doesn't matter what your partisanship is. We can pray for our president. It doesn't matter what your partisanship is. You can pray for your governors and, your, and the leaders of our country. It doesn't matter if you get along with someone or not. If they're going through something difficult, you can pray for them today. Amen? So as we stand together this morning, we want to have a time of, of, of prayer. Either around the altars, at your house, right where you're at if you're not comfortable coming forward. But let's just allow Jesus to be our supply. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for who you are. God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you can take water and turn it into wine. You can take fear and turn it into faith. You can take impulsiveness and turn it into patience. You can take hate and turn it into love. Father, today we need you We need your spirit. Father, we we give you praise. We give you glory for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Meet with us this morning.